Welcome to the Fair Talks Podcast, where we educate everyday people for extraordinary change. I'm your host, Alicia Chan, the Executive Director of Fairtrade LA, a community of business members, nonprofits, and fair trade enthusiasts driving proactive, sustainable solutions for a fairer world. I'm also a social entrepreneur with a passion for ending poverty and creating dignified jobs. Together, we'll explore how fair trade changes lives and communities and what we can do to address some of the world's biggest problems right in our own homes. Let's dive in. Fair Talks is brought to you by Fairtrade USA, the organization that brings you the Fairtrade certified label. Fairtrade USA is committed to building an innovative model of responsible business, conscious consumerism, and shared value to eliminate poverty and enable sustainable development for farmers, workers, their families, and communities around the world. For all the tea lovers out there, or just health-conscious people, which should be all of you, this episode is for you. I'm so excited to share about this fair trade tea company that is doing it right. From hand-picked, farm-direct, whole-leaf teas to earth-friendly packaging, from partnering directly with small-scale tea farmers in Kenya to growing biodiverse tea gardens, Just Tea or Justly Made Tea is leading the way with fair trade and sustainable practices in the tea industry. They have even helped change regulations and policy in Kenya to better serve the small-scale tea farmers. On top of all of that, they have discovered something very healthy and beneficial for the human body to consume. Just Tea is the first company to offer purple tea to the world. Have you heard about the importance of consuming purple foods like blueberries, cherries, grapes, etc.? According to Medical News Today, purple fruits and vegetables are high in anthrocyanins, which has a positive effect on brain health, inflammation, and heart disease. Purple foods may also enhance calmness and boost mood, giving people a few more reasons to add them to their meal plan. So Just Tea is bringing to the market the Kenyan purple tea. Something I've learned in our conversation is that all tea comes from this jade green tea plant, except for purple tea. Purple tea originates in Kenya, and due to the presence of super antioxidants called anthrocyanins, the organically grown purple tea leaves are actually purple. The rolling hills of Kenya is the only place in the world that purple tea grows. Kenya has produced tea since the early 1900s, but this unique purple tea was first grown in 2011. In this episode, we dive into how different teas are grown and processed, including green, black, white, herbal, oolong, and even purple tea. I learned a lot in this episode, and I think you will too. Just Tea is a proud member of the Fairtrade Federation, which is a holistic approach to the Fairtrade supply chain. They're one of the few tea companies in North America that have been verified by the FTF because all their teas strictly follow fair trade principles. I had the honor of speaking with Paul Bain, founder and CEO of Just Tea. Since 2012, Paul has been traveling back and forth to Kenya, helping establish Kenya's first ever farm direct tea factory. Paul Bain is the tea captain CEO at Just Tea. Paul is energized by working directly with small-scale farmers in Kenya, living with them on the tea gardens and processing tea together. 
It has been quite the journey, and he is excited to share its story with you. Paul is also generously giving listeners 15% off their entire tea collection. So as always, stick around till the end for your exclusive discount code. Now, let's dive in. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining us. I am excited for this conversation for all of our tea lovers out there. Thanks for Uh, having me. Yeah, I love the origin story of Just Tea, and I want you to walk us through that process. Your family traveled to Kenya in 2012 and met a family in Kenya that kind of sparked this whole idea of bringing farm direct tea to the marketplace. So can you bring us back to that trip? What brought you to Kenya in the first place? Were you even thinking about starting a business? How did all this happen? Yeah, so it was, well, it's been, it's been a journey for sure. Just these been around now for 10 years. We're a decade old. It's our birthday this year, which is just wild wow, to think of. Yeah. And looking at back where it started, it's been an adventure. So my first trip to East Africa was actually some time in Uganda I spent while I was doing my university studies, focusing on my studies with international development, aid work, things like that, and and area of East Africa, so especially Kenya and Uganda. I was doing some charity work in Uganda, looking at different water filtration systems and microfinance and all those kind of initiatives. And then following up with that, I I went to Kenya with my father and we lived on a tea farm, basically. And we spent about a week with the family and got to see what life is like on the tea farm. So the picking of the tea leaves, dropping them off at the factory and just manually weeding and doing all of that process. So there was a lot of back and forth trips. We, at the time, we weren't thinking about starting a business but we were interested in it. We were mostly mm-hmm. from the charity background, but mm-hmm. becoming a little bit exhausted of always trying to find not only donations for the projects, but also people on the ground to really lead them. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to do something a little bit different. And, and that kind of led us to create this farmer direct tea partnership. Wow. So your, your dad was a part of this process since the beginning. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been a key mentor for myself and, and my my business partner Russ and my wife Sally. Um, mm-hmm. He's done a lot of social enterprise work before and, and and lots of business capabilities in his past as an entrepreneur. So he really helped us because I didn't I didn't know anything about business really going into mm-hmm. it, and so it was a learning experience for us. And also with our partners in Kenya, like doing international business. Yeah, Kenya's not known really for a lot of the international exports that they do in this kind of nature. And so, although they make fantastic teas and just need more access to markets and and a bit more, basically, tools and equipment to manufacture some teas that are similar to other highly producing tea countries like India and, and China. So through those trips and working with the farmers there, trying to get tea drinkers the most delicious and fresh tea mm-hmm. possible, that transparent story. Yeah. No, I love that your dad's helping through the process because it reminds me of me and my mom. (laughs) She's an awesome entrepreneur and she's been walking with me through this process. It's it's awesome to have their support. Yeah, and in in Kenya, it's a similar thing too. It's it's families that we partner with. So it's the the fathers, they call them the mazay, 
which means like wise old man in Swahili, mm-hmm. and then and then the mamas as well, and and both of them working together to ensure that their children have a better life, and and so it's 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 really that family connection, that relationship, yeah. which is what makes us unique and and really sets us apart from other tea companies. Yeah, that's awesome. So something I read on your website that I had no idea about, and I'm a tea drinker, is that Kenya is the largest exporter of black teas with over half a million small-scale tea farmers. Now, one of the big reasons why we probably don't hear about it is because, you know, I'm sure these big companies just buy them out at low prices and it just gets lost in the mix. So can you tell us how Just Tea has set out to be different and works with small-scale tea farmers and yet still have the quantity you need to run a business. Yeah, the quantity side of things has been interesting because now we're at the stage where we do fortunately have some more demand. At the start, it was they had a lot of quantity and Mm. and we didn't have the demand and now it's kind of switched a little bit. A lot of it's been the process is is what we say is is pole pole, is is slowly, slowly in Swahili. Mm. So we're working at a speed that works best for um, our partners in Kenya and and what we need here for tea drinkers. So it's keeping those relationships really close and understanding sometimes some projects that we might want to undertake are, uh, it, it needs to go at a different speed. Sometimes it's fast speed. Usually it's a slower speed, <laughs> um, but it's because we want to do it right. So a lot of the teas we made at the start were honestly just going to the compost. It was all learning experiences, lots of shipments that came and we just tasted them and we said, sorry, this we can't make this work. And then we traveled back to Kenya with some some people from, a, an expert from India actually, who was known for creating teas in a slow kind of food process. So hand rolling, hand processing techniques, which had never been done before in Kenya. And so we spent a lot of time the first two years out of the business, just traveling back and forth to Kenya, figuring out what would work best for the farmers and what would make the best quality cups of tea for tea drinkers. And so it's it's been tricky at times, but with our transparent supply chain and just that closeness, it just allows for when the tea is ready to get it to a tea drinker's cup super fast. It doesn't have to go through the auction and the brokers and the warehouses and all these middlemen that typically happens with the tea company. So you get some fresh tasting tea, and then we're always cupping teas, tasting teas to ensure that the consistency is there. And and our customers have been enjoying it. And they know sometimes they you just need some patience. There'll be some out of stocks, but usually we're pretty good. We're, we're pretty normal, I think, for the industry. Yeah. So I'm curious, how does it work with small-scale farmers? Like, do you guys have a processing center where they bring in the teas? How does that work? Yeah, so it's they've they've been able to set up the first. It's called a tea cottage factory. So, what we were doing at the start in Kenya actually wasn't even allowed. And so, with our partners, we lobbied the government, and there's a an actual document called the Tea Act. And so, we lobbied the Tea Board of Kenya and said, "Hey, what we're trying to do is something different. Right now, you know, you're the largest exporter of black tea." but it's all ground up into tea bags and going into red rows and Lipton tea bags. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's still decent quality tea, really strong cup of black tea, but it's not like what we're trying to do, which is a whole leaf tea, rich in flavor and in story. And mm-hmm. so when they got to see these teas and taste them, and a lot of these people still saw them for the first time, like, oh, we didn't know tea could look like this with mm-hmm. this whole leaf and this kind yeah. of flavor and everything. So once they saw that and, and saw what we were trying to do and, 
and really put the Kenyan story on the map because Kenya, like you mentioned, not a lot of people know that Kenya even grows, grows teas. Mm-hmm. So once we started doing that, they rewrote the Tea Act. And so our partners on the ground through their efforts and, and a little bit of our support, they were able to change how tea factories can now be started in Kenya. And so it allows more small scale tea farmers to open up their own kind of business and create their own teas, which wasn't able to be done before. Wow, that's incredible. That's part of your yeah. legacy. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it is pretty amazing. And sometimes like I just think about these things. I'm like, wow, like I just I I, I don't know. I, it's it's hard because you get so in the motions and yeah. it just keeps going. And sometimes I look back and it's like this is this is something special and and yeah, it will last for a long time and hopefully yeah. really impact a lot of people. Yeah, I this is why I love fair trade businesses because we're out there not just for business, but to change lives and you know it's it's activism trying to make this world a better place so i love that i that's so cool i'm so glad you shared now you also work with women's co-op in kenya can you tell us more about that and what is some of the impact you've seen just working with women directly employing and empowering them yeah the women's co-op is really fantastic we started working with them basically at the start as well so Mm. in eastern kenya just east of mount kenya in a region called Meru is this woman's co-op, but then the rest of the teas, the green teas, the black teas, and then the purple teas, which I'm sure we'll talk about, are mm-hmm. from the western side of the country. So the women's co-op, we yeah, we partnered with them almost 10 years ago as well. We were their first North American partner, so they already had been hand-picking and sun-drying these delicious organic herbs, so things like lemongrass and hibiscus and chamomile. And, and, but they wanted more access to markets. And so we, we came along and we said, let's, let's see what we can do in Canada and the U S. So we started bringing in their product directly and, and blending it into delicious teas here. Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing. They, you know, there's about 40 different women that work directly at the processing facility and they support hundreds of families in the community. The unemployment rate for women right now in Kenya is about 40%. Wow. Uh, four zero. So it's very high. So these jobs are really, really precious. And it's pretty incredible to see what they're doing. Not only do they support these ladies of the families, but also people that are living with disabilities. They also have jobs for them at the uh, co-op. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very rich story. The region really suffers from severe droughts. So they work with the farmers to try to figure out whether it's doing more irrigation or supplying them with these big water tanks, like 500 liter tanks, so they can still continue to grow during the dry seasons. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of uh, different projects that we're working together with them on, doing fundraising for, and, and just trying to see that initiative grow because it is so important for that community in Kenya in general. Mm, wow. So those are specifically for the herbal teas, right? That's correct. Yeah, that's wow. all the herbal teas that we do. So any sort of like, botanical tea from our chamomile to our peppermint to our little berry hibiscus, all of those have the women's co-op organic herbs in them. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm sure people who now drink the herbal teas from just tea is going to think about this every time they drink it. It's so cool. Yeah. Especially during COVID, it was pretty incredible. So we travel back and forth to Kenya at least once a year at the start, we were going more frequently, but I was just there this past June. And they were telling me because I wasn't able to travel due to COVID and they had some really tight restrictions at the co-op. And so 
even though I was there in 2022, I wasn't able to visit them. So when I visited them this year, finally, they said, you know, during COVID, Just Tea was one of the few customers that we had that didn't revise their orders or reduce their orders. You just stayed consistent and allowed us to keep our, our ladies employed here. And it was just a really special moment and hearing it firsthand and talking with them and, and just hearing how that, what that impact really means to, you know, individuals, people yeah. like Karimi or Speranza or Agnes, all these people at the facility. It's, it's pretty special. Yeah. And I'm sure the women takes a lot of weight on their shoulders for their families. So Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Having, having ladies in management in in Kenya, especially is a lot of people are like, that's the way to go. There's less corruption. There's honestly a lot of times more responsibility and ownership there. It's pretty incredible what, what they're doing there. And also still, you know, caring for the whole family. Wow. That's so cool. Now I'm excited to dive into all the teas you offer. You mentioned a few. So like, For a tea drinker like me, I imagine for many of our listeners as well, I would love to learn more about the different teas you carry and how they're grown differently. Like we could probably spend a whole episode diving into the different teas. Can you just kind of give us an intro and a breakdown of the difference between like green, black, white, and herbal teas, educate us on how maybe they're grown or processed differently. Like I'm so curious. I want to learn all about it. That was actually one of the first things that I was very surprised to learn myself because mm. when I was traveling to East Africa originally and, and I was spending time in Kenya, I didn't know anything about tea. And so I started taking some uh, tea sommelier courses. So just like becoming a wine sommelier or whiskey sommelier or chocolate sommelier, you can do this with tea as well. So mm. I was taking these courses at this college and I learned right away that you know all teas come from the same Camellia sinensis tea bush. And so it comes from a green leaf. And so even though this green leaf will produce a black tea or a green tea or a white tea, it all starts from the same leaf. And so that was something I was just like, oh, I I thought, I guess I didn't really know what I thought, but I thought black tea might be from a different colored leaf, right? Because it's a black tea. But it's all to do with the processing techniques. So it depends on how long you let it oxidize for. So basically that means if you bite into an apple and you leave it on the counter and it starts to turn brown Mm -hmm. over time, that's the same thing that happens when you're processing tea. You disrupt the cell walls and then it starts to oxidize. So Mm -hmm. green tea, zero oxidation, stays green. Black tea, you let it oxidize fully so it turns into that brownish, reddish, blackish color. And so that's the whole range of processing to create different flavors and caffeine content as well. It's all to do with that processing after you pick that tea leaf. Herbal teas are a whole other side of things because they're all actually not even considered true teas, right? They're all botanical ingredients. So the majority of them are caffeine-free, really delicious, but they contain, you know, flowers, herbs, mints, all of those items. And then actually, I realize now that all tea comes from a green leaf except for purple tea. So that's totally different. And that Kenya is the only country to grow purple tea leaves. So that one's its own unique thing in itself. So is the black tea essentially the same it comes from the same branch and the same plant as a green tea exactly the same yeah so i could pick that tea leaf in the kenyan tea garden yeah and i can turn it into a green tea into a black tea into a white tea into an oolong into a yellow tea which are very rare (gasps) as long as i have the right machinery but you can do it in anything some cultivars some tea cultivars will taste better as a specific type of tea 
So Kenya exports the most black tea because they have what's known as the Assamica varietal. So it comes from the Assam region in India. And those teas are more conducive to making better black teas. Whereas the Chinese varietal is more conducive to making green teas, a smaller leaf, a lighter leaf. And so you kind of want to, you need to understand, you know, the terroir and, and the leaf cultivar as well. But you could turn it into any type of tea that you want to, yeah, except for purple tea. <laughs> my mind is blown right now. <laughs> okay, so then how about the process of determining the caffeine, the amount of caffeine? Like, what's the difference between green, black, and white? Yeah, so it's, I typically say it's like a rule of thirds. So black tea has one third the amount of caffeine as a cup of coffee, as a regular cup of coffee. Okay. And then green tea has about one third the amount of caffeine as a cup of black tea. And so one sixth the amount of coffee. White tea will range. It depends on the type of white tea. Some actually are, are quite high in caffeine, like a black tea, and some are very low, like a green tea. Typically, they're lower, like a green tea. And then purple tea is about half of a, a green tea, so it's very, very low in caffeine. Wow. Say five milligrams per cup versus you know 40 milligrams per cup with a black tea. So very, very low in caffeine. You don't notice much of the caffeine content when you're drinking a, a cup of purple tea. Okay. So then how is the caffeine determined in the, I guess, the processing of the tea leaves? It's all about the oxidation, right? Okay. So with the green teas, because you don't disrupt that cell wall during the rolling period, before you've rolled it, you either steam it like you would steam vegetables, or you would, it's called panning it, you'd put it in basically like a closed dryer, except for tea. So you heat the leaf. That's what you're doing. So you're locking in that color, that flavor, and that caffeine content. And then with black tea, because you disrupt the cell walls through rolling, and then you let it sit there and oxidize, that changes the caffeine content to make it even stronger. And then you eventually dry it. Wow. All oh, this is so interesting. <laughs> I have a million <laughs> questions. But now I want to dive into something really special. You've been sharing a little bit about it, giving us teasers. But just Tea has developed something very special, and it's the first of its kind, the purple tea. Now, I personally haven't heard about the purple tea, so I'm really excited to learn more. Tell us what this is all about. Yeah, purple tea is uh, something that we uh, started seeing on our early trips to Kenya. So from visiting different farms, we'd see these purple, reddish colored leaves growing in amongst the tea bushes or, or specifically on a small family farm. And so we started visiting with different tea experts in Kenya and we learned that Kenya had developed this purple tea cultivar. So each country will have its own different cultivars of tea. There's thousands of them in the world. And so purple tea, even though it's part of the tea family, it grows this purple tea leaf. Just like other purple plants are purple, blueberries, plums, eggplants, acai, they all have a special antioxidant, which makes it that red, blue, or purple color. And it's called anthocyanins. And so purple tea is a cultivar that only grows in Kenya, very rare, mm. and it has more antioxidants than green tea and less mm. than half the caffeine. So pretty amazing, really delicious. We've won lots of awards for it. And we're really trying to put Kenya on the map as a tea growing country for this special cultivar, the special purple cultivar tea mm. that uh, only they can offer. Yeah, I have definitely heard about how we, in our bodies, we need more of the purple foods so purple like, superfoods yeah. exactly yeah, yeah so i've heard of that but now we can get it from teas <laughs> that's incredible you can drink it too yeah 
Yeah, exactly. So we have a lot of customers um, that will be buying just our pure purple tea leaves. We also blend it into different flavors, more fruity flavors or floral or mint. So we use those tea leaves and create all sorts of different unique flavors that I know there's going to be something that someone will enjoy out there. And it's really special because there's a lot of purple tea farmers in Kenya that are growing these leaves and don't have an avenue to sell them. So some, uh, well, most factories in Kenya don't actually accept the purple tea leaf because it's not green. So when they're dropping off the, their tea leaves, they just say, no, we don't want purple tea leaves. Mm-hmm. So they'll have to uproot these bushes. And so we're the largest producer of purple teas in Kenya for sure. And uh, we actually have a lot of people that we still are trying to be able to work with. But it's tricky because a lot of people come to us and we only have the capacity to do so much. Before we dive back into today's episode, let's take a moment to shine a spotlight on something truly remarkable. Did you know that Just Tea is a proud member of the Fairtrade Federation? The Fairtrade Federation, or the FTF, is an inspiring trade association comprised of verified fair trade enterprises. These enterprises are deeply committed to fostering equitable and sustainable trading partnerships. Grounded in community values, they work tirelessly to support and strengthen one another, all while advancing a global movement in trade, one that values the health of the planet and the labor, dignity, and equality of all people. Being a part of this vibrant community of fair trade enterprises comes with numerous benefits. So if you're an entrepreneur yourself running a social enterprise and you're eager to get involved, visit the membership section at thefairtradefederation.org to discover what it takes to become verified. Later this month, keep an eye out for the eagerly anticipated Fairtrade Federation Holiday Gift Guide, a curated collection of ethical and fair trade gifts that'll make your holiday season even more special. But wait, there's more. Save the date for a truly momentous event. Join us for the 30th anniversary Fairtrade Federation Conference and Expo happening March 28th through the 30th, 2024, in the vibrant city of Richmond, Virginia. Stay tuned for updates and details at thefairtradefederation.org. The Fairtrade Federation, the future of responsible trade. Now let's get back into our episode. Yeah, now I think in order to grow the demand, we really have to educate people about the purple tea because yeah, I've heard a lot about the importance of consuming purple things. So can you tell us more? And I'm hoping this episode will help increase the demand of it. Can you tell us more about the benefits of drinking purple tea? Yeah. So like I said, very high in antioxidants. So lots of those cancer kind of fighting properties, Mm -hmm. more antioxidants than green tea and, and the same benefits of a green tea because it's processed the same way. So Unlike a black tea, which has that oxidation process, purple tea goes through a state a processing technique that's similar to green tea. So it locks in those purple health benefits, and then also has all those regular green tea health benefits that are, you know, improved brain health, that are, yeah, super high in antioxidants. And so purple tea just is all around really, really good for you. They also have this unique compound, and there's more studies coming out about it, but there's this unique compound called GHG in there. It's a, it's a type of polyphenol. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a different type of antioxidant that really helps control your diet. And so a lot of people are drinking purple tea and there's been these uh, supplements that are coming out now for weight loss. I'm not making any claims on it, but <laughs> it seems like it's it helps a lot of people manage that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's really all around just an incredible beverage that you can drink and, and enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about using natural things to you know help with our health and this is i think just one of them that's so cool what are what's the flavor of just 
regular purple tea? It's it's kind of like a oolong or a green tea. So oolong basically is a tea that's in the middle of a green or a black. And so it's it's not fully oxidized like a black tea. It doesn't fully go through that process, but it's yeah. also not like a green tea where it doesn't have any oxidation. So it's in the middle. And so you kind of get a bit more of the black tea kind of flavors from oolong and a bit more of the, the body that you get from a black tea. And so purple tea actually has those kind of characteristics of an oolong, I'd say, and also more like a green tea. It's not strong as a black tea, so it's still lighter in flavor. You wouldn't add milk or sugar or anything to it, but it has more of like a, a subtle kind of fruit note, a little bit of a grassy note to it. It's a bit more of a nice, you would say like a mouthfeel, like it has a bit more depth there, a bit more body. Mm. So it's really satisfying, really smooth. And yeah, it works really well to, to mix with other flavors as well. So mm. we do like a purple jasmine or a purple mint mm. or a purple chocolate even. And all of these are really delicious flavor combinations. Yeah, I'm sold. And I'm going to get myself some right, right after this. I'll, I'll send you some. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like the perfect tea to, to drink in the like early evenings because the caffeine levels lower. Yeah. Yeah, typically I would start, you know, with a cup of black tea in the morning and then throughout the day switch to lower caffeine. So purple tea still gives me a little bit of that caffeine focus, but it doesn't have any sort of like, if I drink a cup of coffee, I'm only going to drink it on the weekends because I start to have a little bit more of that energy, but it comes with some of the jitters and I can't really focus as well, I've noticed. So I'll typically use black, drink black tea and then, and then have purple tea later on, like you said, in the day. Mm, yeah, I'm going to try that. <laughs> Now, uh, besides the fact that I love you guys are doing whole leaves, because I grew up with that in, in China, I also love your earth-friendly packaging. And I don't know why not all tea companies use this. Like every time I finish my tea bags, I'll, I'm always torn. Like, how do I throw this away? Like, is it compost? Like, I get so confused. So tell us more about your packaging and why you chose this earth-friendly packaging. Yeah, packaging is, it's crazy. Like it's it's something that I love to research and, and try to figure out what is the best vessel to provide customers with their tea. And also looking at what other companies are selling their teas in and, and also the claims they make. It's, it's really difficult to navigate as a consumer. Like I, yeah. I, I do not think it's fair right now how the language about packaging and how to recycle or compost or biodegradable yeah. and all of these buzzwords are just used flippantly yeah. and so you really have to do your own research unfortunately a lot of the tea bags yeah they, they have to go into the trash they, they aren't compostable if it's a whole leaf like pyramid tea bag all of those can't go into a compost except wow. for well except for the ones that just uses yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the, we use a, a pyramid tea sachet that's made actually from upcycled sugar cane. Mm -hmm. So they take the husk of the sugar cane after they extract the sugar and they make it into this woven kind of paper material. And so it is actually compostable, which yeah. is great. But typically we just say use loose leaf tea. And mm -hmm. so we sell, you know, stainless steel infusers that are, that will last basically your lifetime. I hope where, you know, yeah. I'm still going on mine. I use it every single day. So you just reuse those steeping infusers mm -hmm. and you just scoop your loose leaf teas in there. And then of course the teas can go in the compost. I always recommend steeping your teas. If they're a whole leaf tea, like just tea, steeping it twice, you actually get two steeps mm -hmm. per cup mm -hmm. um, because it's not ground up. You get more of that flavor from that whole leaf. 
And then the idea behind our packaging is to create a product that a customer can buy and then just continue to reuse. And so we usually recommend buying one of these tea tins that we sell on our website that are totally recyclable, but we usually just say, Hey, buy a tea tin and then buy one of our refill pouches. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same amount of tea in a pouch. So you save some money because it's less packaging. And then you just pour that tea into the tin and then you can recycle that pouch afterwards. And so I usually recommend that kind of route for, for customers just to keep their tea drinking habits as low of a carbon footprint as possible. Yeah. I love how intentional you've been with the packaging. A lot of people just don't have the habit of drinking whole leaf tea. Like I grew up with it and it's just, it tastes so much better. <laughs> tastes so much better than it packaged into a tea bag. And like you said, you can infuse it a few times and it just lasts longer. And yeah, we need to educate people more on this. It's the, the demand for Lucy tea is growing for sure now, uh, but it's slowly like in comparison to tea bags, I think the last report was 96, 96% ground up tea bags versus 4% whole leaf mm. Lucy tea. And it's really, unless you're always on the go and you need that tea bag, like you can get on the go Lucy tea steepers, but I, I understand people will need that convenience. But if you're drinking tea at home, you're going to be saving money if you drink loose leaf. You're getting a better cup of tea every single time because yes. it's a whole leaf tea. It's not ground up and it's yes. better for the environment. Like, yes. and also the fourth thing is you can control your portion. So if you like it stronger or lighter, yeah. you also have that ability instead of just putting it in one tea bag. There's so many benefits around it. And I'm, I'm always trying to get people to drink more loose leaf tea. It's just, it makes way more sense. Yeah. And I don't know if people know this, but especially with, what I've experienced with green tea leaves is like, even without the steeper, if you just put it on the bottom of the cup and you pour hot water, like boiling hot water into it, after a few minutes, the tea leaves actually sink to the bottom. And that's when you know it's ready to to drink. And yeah, just something so classic, simple. Classic way yeah. of doing it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, And it so depends simple. on the green tea. So sometimes I'll usually always remove the leaves or remove the, the water from the leaves somehow. So mm. you could, you know, use all sorts of methods of doing that. Sometimes like if I'm, you know, at an Airbnb and there isn't it, I forgot my infuser. Even if you just put the tea in a, a pot of boiling water or like water that's boiled and you just leave a lid on, use the lid to strain it out or a pasta strainer, mm. it doesn't matter. But if you leave the leaves in there, some teas, they'll start to get really bitter. Some of them just get stronger in flavor, and that's fine, like herbal teas. But our black tea, if you leave it in there, it's going to get really strong. <laughs> and you can still drink it, but it will it will give you a, a little bit of a punch in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many different ways to drink the loose leaves. Mm -hmm. Now, Just Tea is not only the first and only farm direct tea from Kenya, but you also have the Rainforest Alliance label, the non-GMO and Fair Trade Federation label. Can you break those down for us? What does it mean when people see these labels on packaging and what did your company have to do to obtain these different labels? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So we, the first one we got was Fair Trade Federation and that was the most important for us. The other two, they're not, honestly, they're not that hard to get. It's, it's just a matter of like the, it, it, when I look at it, Fair Trade Federation is a lot more difficult to get as a, as a company because it's, it looks at your, the entire business. Mm -hmm. So whereas Rainforest Alliance and non-GMO, you can just submit different uh, ingredients or products to these um, certifications. 
Whereas Fairtrade Federation, it's more of the ethos of your business. So it's a holistic approach to Fairtrade. Mm -hmm. So they look at all the products, all the teas that we sell, they all have to fall under Fairtrade principles to be able to be, for your business, just tea, to be a member of Fairtrade Federation. So it keeps the community quite, it's a lot smaller than other certifiers or verifiers mm -hmm. out there, but it allows customers to fully have that trust. Whereas if I want to buy a tea that's Rainforest Alliance or even Fairtrade uh, certified from a company, I might see one, oh, I like that black tea, I'm going to buy that one. Uh, oh, I also like the green tea and I buy that one and I get home like, oh, wait, the black tea only is fair trade, but the green tea is not. Mm -hmm. And so it really like you have to really look at everything and really understand and read more on the website. Whereas Fair Trade Federation, if you're buying our green tea or our black tea, they're all fair trade. And so that's something that uh, is really important to me. I actually joined the board of Fair Trade Federation last year because mm -hmm. I care so much about it. So it's a volunteer position and we're really trying to just grow this movement around what responsibly sourced products look like. So not only for people, but also for the environment as well. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, I love how you describe Factory Federation because it really is more of a holistic approach to, to this movement. And it's so important, so important that we don't just care about like the planet, but also the people. And I think Factory Federation does both, you know, it oversees yes. both. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd really, if you're a, a business that's starting up or even an established business, I definitely recommend checking it out. Head over to the website and just kind of see what it's all about. And, and if you're a consumer, start looking for that mark because it really does make a difference. And I know, you know, all the businesses that are part of FTF, Fairtrade Federation, are really making an incredible difference and, and super passionate about what they're doing. So it's it's great to support like-minded businesses like that. Yeah, it really is. I. No, I met you at the Fairtrade Federation conference here in, in LA, in Long Beach this March. And what a great community of people, everyone doing amazing work all around the world. I love it. Yeah, it's the 30-year anniversary, their 30-year anniversary next year. So wow, it'll be a, a big year. Yes, exciting. Now, the holidays are right around the corner, and around this time, I always, always try to encourage our community to buy their gifts from small fair trade businesses, and it's, there's no better way to raise awareness than to gift you know, these meaningful products. And so, are there any new teas coming out, any holiday items we should know about? Uh, where can people find Just Tea? Yeah. So of course you can get Just Tea, find Just Tea on JustTea.com. We're also in a lot of different fair trade shops or, or gift shops or even some organic kind of local natural grocery stores. We have incredible holiday flavors coming out or by the time this podcast is released, probably have come out now. Yeah. Really delicious teas, seasonal, only available you know around this time and also some gift kind of packages. So a really cool gift box that's basically... It's ready to gift. You can just put it under the tree and it comes with three different teas and a, a tea steeping infuser as well. So that's that mm -hmm. strainer that you can use for your loose leaf tea and then beautifully packaged in a box with a story of the farmers that we partner with. And then every one of our tea tins comes with a hand-carved olive wood teaspoon. So a really nice little touch there as well, sharing more about just the um, the relationship back to, to the team in Kenya and, and what makes the, the product so special. Yeah, I love the packaging. It's all super cute and yeah, perfect for gifting. Now, a lot of people may not know this, but you're actually based in Canada. 
right? And yeah, so yeah. when did you make it to the US market? Um, so we sell mostly actually to the US now. You guys are like, what, 10 times the size of Canada with population. <laughs> um, we we sell both to Canada and the US, but we're based in, in Vancouver, Canada. And yeah, it's it's been great. We found the, the US market's been really supportive. We do mm. lots of different events down there. I'll be heading down actually to San Francisco with my wife in a couple of weeks for the San Francisco Tea Festival, which is really fun. It happens in at the beginning of November. And uh, yeah, it's been, we sell yeah a lot to, to both countries and, and it's anywhere that there's a tea drinker, we'd love to have just tea yeah. in a cup. So we don't, uh, we don't exclude anybody there. <laughs> yeah. And for the, our listeners who are in LA, I know that 10,000 villages in Pasadena sells just tea. So that's definitely a spot you guys can find these cute tins for the holidays. Now we want to end with a fun personal question. What is your favorite tea from Just Tea? Oh, it's so I always will go back to just our classic Mount Kenya black tea, just because it's my morning go-to, just a pure black tea, really delicious. Probably what a lot of people grew up drinking, but just a lot more depth of flavor than a regular black tea bag. So I usually start with that. Uh, our cream Earl Grey, I'm not actually much of an Earl Grey person, but I know lots of you out there are. And our cream <laughs> Earl Grey is hands down one of the best Earl Greys on the market. Oh. I can say that. And I, I know that from serving it to a lot of different people. So I have been drinking more of that. And then like we talked about before, I usually switch to a purple tea later on. So my, the purple Jasmine is one of my favorites. It's really mm. smooth, floral, really balanced. I find some jasmine teas get a little bit too perfumey. This one's more just natural, kind of the, that floral note of the jasmine blossoms in there and really just a, a nice tea to wind down at the end of the day. Mm, sounds amazing. I want to <laughs> brew some tea now. <laughs> now this season, we also want to end every episode by asking our guests this question. How do you stay hopeful on this journey? On top of witnessing the hardship of the people in Kenya that, I'm sure you're familiar with. And then there's been so much happening around the world recently. Our listeners and the fair trade community is just such a compassionate community. So it can easily feel really overwhelming. Like what is a tip, a practice or a mindset you could share that can help us stay hopeful on this journey of creating a better world? Well, it can be tricky right now yeah. with, with everything that's going on. It's, you know, I, I find I get a lot of energy from connecting with with our partners in Kenya, with the team in Canada here, uh, especially having those face-to-face. -face. So when I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to have that opportunity to travel to Kenya and, and actually spend time with them on the ground there. And I, I find that a lot of times I just kind of get caught up and I'm sure other people do as well, just with the day-to-day, -day, this, you know, just getting things done, checking things off the to-do list and, and forgetting to celebrate even the, the smallest wins. Like there's a lot that goes on and, and that you mm -hmm. accomplished and looking at, you know, where you started or what you, what you have achieved and being grateful for that and for the people that have helped you get there. I think that it's really important. And just, I, I also look at, you know, some of the challenges that we face, whether it's here in Vancouver or in Canada or in Kenya or around the world. And there's so many things that that need to get done and, and you can maybe lend a hand with what you really can't do at all, but there's always, you know, something small you can do. And so just being able to realize that and, and just focus and, you know, take a deep breath always 
yeah. and just keep that balance, I think. Yeah, I love what you shared at the end because it's it's easy to get overwhelmed by the negative news, but if we focus on how we can maybe contribute here or there, here or there, like it does help us experience that hope. Like, okay, let's surround so. ourselves with good people. <laughs> I think so. And like, it's just, there's a lot of ways you can do something. Like, like I've, you know, I have a lot of friends that just work for a standard company, right? And they, they'll have some sort of corporate social responsibility plan or whatever. But you can also, you know, the things that you purchase, you know, mm -hmm. you can really be intentional with that. Yeah. The way you save some of your energy bill or whatever to, to, to care about the, your carbon emissions from where you live or, or how you get around and, and how you vote, of course, like what you share on social media. I think a lot of it, there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of channel that hope and bring awareness to different things that are going on. And it's just about doing whatever you feel comfortable with and just being conscious of that. I, I, I do, I've started doing a lot more journaling in the morning, which I've been really enjoying and yeah. just, you know, writing those things that you're grateful for and, and acknowledging your mood where you're currently at and just being kind to yourself and kind to others. It's really what it's all about, I think. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's really a good practice to add into our lives. Gratitude, so important. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Paul. It was such a informative and encouraging conversation. Thank you for your time. Asante sana, thank you. Wow, I learned so much about tea that I didn't know before. I have a new appreciation for tea farmers after this episode. And I will always think of Kenya the next time I drink a black tea, knowing it most likely came from there. Like I said in the beginning, Paul is giving our listeners 15% off their entire tea collection at justtea.com. That is J-U-S-T-E-A.com. Just use promo code FairTradeLA15. That's FairTradeLA15 at checkout. As always, you can find all our promo codes and more in our show notes at fairtradela.org slash podcast. Until next time, bye for now. Are you looking to get a head start in your Christmas shopping? Well, look no further. Our second annual online silent auction has begun. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. From Patagonia swag, Airbnb stays, home cooked dinners to golf lessons, and even concert tickets, there is something for everyone. Plus, select gifts from an array of fair trade companies. The auction ends at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, November 13th. The clock is ticking. Get your bids in at fairtrade.org. I want to thank the creative team behind the Fair Talks podcast, our executive producer, Juliet Bucherell, our editor, Kaden Sullivan, our marketing team, Jasmine French, Elena Alcero, and Lizzie Case. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fair Talks podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community and sharing the fair trade message. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fair Trade USA, for making this possible. Now, are you ready to create change? The next time you're out shopping, just pick up one fair trade item to buy, like coffee, chocolate, or bananas, and make a difference. Ask your office, church, business, school, or your family to shop more fair. If you have any questions or want to learn more, head over to fairtradela.org 
forward slash podcast for show notes, discount codes, and additional resources. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at FairTradeLA to join our amazing community of fair trade lovers. Tune in to our next Fair Talks conversation to hear more life-changing stories. Thanks for listening. Thank you.